Welcome to the New Jersey Department of Education's Bureau of Bilingual ESL Education Podcast. I'm Ken Bond, a state program coordinator and your host. In this podcast, I have bite-sized conversations about English language learner education with leaders in the field. During this episode, I will be talking with Jay Doolin about how principals and other instructional leaders create environments that are responsive to English language learners, or ELLs. Jay Doolin is the Chief Executive Officer for the Foundation for Educational Administration, or FEA. Jay, thank you so much for being my guest on this episode. You're welcome. It's a real pleasure. For those who are unfamiliar with the Foundation for Educational Administration, what is it and what is your role in the Foundation? FEA is the not-for-profit side of the New Jersey Principals and Supervisors Association. We do all of the professional learning here, both for principals but all other educators, uh, teachers, uh, central office staff, etc., We also uh, provide Legal One services, which is a a professional development program that focuses on all of the critical legal issues facing educators in New Jersey. New Jersey Excel is located in FEA. That is uh, NJPSA's principal certification program. We certify principals, assistant principals, supervisors, and superintendents. We also have a unit that deals with special projects. Uh, Now we have a a U.S. Department of Education federal grant uh, for school leadership partners. We have a $5 million grant where we are working with Trenton, Bridgeton, and Millville uh, to provide professional development to their leaders, to entice uh, teachers and teacher leaders to become principals and assistant principals, and a whole host of other things. That's about what we do. There are about 30 staff members uh, that assist me in implementing all of these programs. I think it's a real good service to our members, uh, principals, supervisors, and assistant principals, but also to other educators. And I'm real proud of the fact that lots of teachers and superintendents are coming here as well. Many people know you in your current role with FEA and as a former assistant commissioner for the New Jersey Department of Education. What they may not know about you is your work as a teacher working with students who are learning English. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that experience and how it informs your work with leaders in the field today here at FEA? Sure. Now, that was over 40 years ago, so... (laughs) I'm going to try to uh, figure out specifically. I first became interested in ESL as a Peace Corps volunteer. Uh, When I graduated from college, I went right to Turkey as a volunteer and taught high school students English as a foreign language, and then was transferred to Ghana in West Africa for a second year in the Peace Corps, where I taught folks who were in a teacher training college in Ghana, teaching them really methods of teaching students English because um, Ghana's official language was English, but there were seven different tribal languages. So elementary school teachers had to help students learn English. 
when I came back to the States, I thought, well, let me use this talent. And I was uh, hired by the Camden school system to be an ESL teacher. There was a lot of federal money, and the ESL program was brand new in Camden. So there were about 10 of us that were starting out uh, figuring out how ESL would be appropriate. People really didn't know how we were to identify students, what kind of a program should be provided, how would we should assess students in terms of language proficiency. So all of that was uh, a part of this. I spent two years teaching ESL and then went into counseling and then administration, Title I administration in Camden, where I still uh, implemented, helped to implement ESL, but then bilingual education because the school district had a sufficient number of um, Spanish-speaking students to be classified for that. After six years, I went to the State Department of Education and was actually in the first office of bilingual education at the department. And it was bilingual categorical aid was a part of this process. But bilingual education was brand new in the entire state. It was an office of about eight people. I was the ESL coordinator, but our main job was really advocating for bilingual and ESL programs because lots of districts didn't really know what this was about. They, uh, some of them were resistant to hiring uh, staff that could provide bilingual education services. They weren't exactly sure uh, how this should be done. Right, it was a brand new paradigm, right? It was a, a brand new uh, paradigm, and it was really interesting being a part of all of that, uh, but it was really looking at the research and the best way to teach a bilingual education. My uh, training and the research back then was that the students had to acquire um, proficiency in their own language first before making the transition to uh, reading in English and all of the other uh, content area, math and social studies and science. But that was a heavy lift in those days because everyone thought that they uh, should learn English mm -hmm. as soon as possible. And sometimes uh, were, um, you know, giving short shrift to the native language uh, uh, teaching. Right. Lots of schools had um, small numbers of bilingual program students that needed native language attention. And how did you help a district that had, say, 40 students that were K-12 to in maybe 10 different buildings, what kind of a bilingual program could be provided? So we had lots and lots of issues. So, like so you were really trailblazers in, in that time during this transition with all these new laws and, right. and new certifications and all these new ideas right. and research, really, how to implement that practically on the ground when you had all these different scenarios. That's right. great. So, exactly. So how would you define success for administrators working in schools with ELLs, looking back on your own experiences and the experiences that you've heard about now that you're you know, working with administrators and, and working with school leaders? Mm -hmm. The most important thing for school leaders is to be welcoming uh, to all of our students. And today, you know, New Jersey is home uh, to so many different language backgrounds. I know when I 
left the office, there were about 120 different language backgrounds. I'm, I'm sure there are probably uh, more. Yeah, I think we're today. around 300 now. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. just amazing. Every school, everywhere, uh, has students who are English language learners, new students who've uh, come to the United States and are in our New Jersey schools. It's a fabulous opportunity to take advantage of the cultural background of those students and also um, with all of the different program uh, opportunities today uh, through ESL, bilingual education, and some of the flexible arrangements. Um, There can be uh, lots of opportunity for administrators to advocate for their students in those programs and work with district staff to provide uh, the best um, programs possible. I think the, uh, you know, our focus here at FEA and at NJPSA is to focus attention on the principal being an instructional leader. Uh, Management is important, but instructional leadership is a key as well. So we're looking uh, to uh, principals and assistant principals to get into classrooms, to make sure that all of the standards are being applied, that uh, teachers are working together to provide the best teaching and learning. And this goes for every program that is in a school. Uh, English language learning programs, whether it's ESL or bilingual, um, programs for students with disabilities, and every other kind of program. I think it's a real opportunity for uh, principals to take advantage of the uh, culture of these students and provide learning opportunities that these students uh, can share with other students. It provides them with an opportunity to shine and uh, provides the uh, other students with lots of opportunity that they might not necessarily have. So looking at that diversity as a benefit and something that can build the school up. Right. We also, we also talk a lot about uh, principals building the culture and climate in schools. Um, you know, the anti-bullying movement helped to stir a lot of attention uh, to just uh, what is the right kind of climate in schools that's optimum for students to learn. And that's climate that is student to student, but adult to student, and also adult to adult. And so we provide a lot of training. Uh, you know, some people call it social and emotional learning. Others call it uh, culture and climate, anti-bullying, but a lot of attention paid to um, how we as adults react uh, to students, uh, how students react to one another, and how adults to students react, and of course, adult to adult. And that's sometimes the most interesting context. Absolutely, especially when you have teachers coming from different backgrounds, different language backgrounds, different cultural backgrounds, Absolutely. different socioeconomic backgrounds. And the yeah. principal really sets the tone for that. And you can go into a, 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 a school that you're visiting, and in the first 10 minutes, you can really get a sense of what's happening in this building and uh, whether it's a supportive climate for learning for all students, and, and that's critical. At the federal level, we have a new law called the Every Student Succeeds Act, or ESSA, ESSA, some people call it, which will be replacing No Child Left Behind. Mm -hmm. 
What potential opportunities do you see in ESSA for administrators when it comes to thinking about equity for ELLs and helping the whole school embrace ELL education? Equity is a critical uh, part of the, the principal's role. In our new uh, professional standards for educational leaders, which we've spent a lot of attention on addressing and making sure all of our members uh, know about it, um, providing equitable support to every student is a critical piece. And our Leadership Academy for the past two years has uh, worked on um, breaking down barriers for equitable services to all students. And that's really an important thing. And it's sometimes difficult to do uh, for a principal in a sizable school with lots of different uh, programs. But it's a, a key role that the principal sets and can set the role for teachers and all other staff in the building for doing this. ESSA, I think, is a underscores this opportunity for English language learners because I think for the first time, and you can correct me, uh, there is an accountability measure for English language learners. That's right, and that applies to all schools. Right, that applies to all one. schools, and it's the first time really that that will be a part of the account accountability measure for that metric of uh, you know, the school-based reporting. One, one thing that uh, Every Student Succeeds Act focuses on, besides growth in English language proficiency through, measured through the WIDA access test, mm -hmm. it's also looking at growth on the state content test, the right. ELA and the math. Mm -hmm. And instead of just purely focusing on proficiency, which can be very difficult for English language learners who are new to the country, mm -hmm. it's looking at growth year to year. Right. And English language learners grow at actually higher rates year to year than other students who have been in U.S. schools for a long time. Mm -hmm. So it's an opportunity to really, again, look at the strengths of English language learners and their ability to show growth and demonstrate that growth year after year mm -hmm. as opposed to proficiency over NCLB. Right. Yeah. One of the things that uh, we learned uh, early on and after there was sufficient research about bilingual education in the mid-80s was that uh, it takes uh, six to eight years for a non-English speaker, an English language learner, to acquire academic English proficiency, to be able to uh, carry on a really high-level conversation in English, to read at high levels, and of course to take tests yeah, yeah. at a level that the park is expecting. So that uh, lots of people thought early on that after two or three years, the student would be able to transition into an all English speaking class, but it just, it isn't realistic. And uh, it would be interesting uh, with the research that you'll have over, uh, because of this, to take a look at not only the pro how students achieve through the English language proficiency, but also the increases that they make in terms of uh, ELA and math. Yeah, absolutely. What are some examples that you can think of where you have seen administrators in high concentration ELL districts create environments that have improved educational outcomes 
of their students in the schools that they're working in. Whether there are 10 students or 300 students, principals have to be welcoming, they have to be open to the students and their parents and families, welcoming the whole community of, you know, this whole new language community or established language community, uh, to know that the school is supportive, uh, that they want to provide all of the assistance uh, to the students that are in the uh, the school, but also uh, to address some of the family needs. It's, you know, uh, in these times, you know, there's a lot of uh, concern uh, on the part of immigrants in terms of uh, attending a public school, an established institution, and that's where the principal, no matter what the status is, can make sure that in that building for that amount of time, uh, the students are going to be uh, safe and they're going to be in the best learning environment that they can be. But beyond that, I think the principal has to advocate for a strong program. They have to make sure that they're uh, attending uh, to the needs of the students and the program. Uh, And they also have to uh, make sure uh, that the students are um, becoming an integral part of the school um, so that there are ways that they're uh, a part of uh, the other uh, classrooms, that they have uh, partner uh, classes, if they're in a self-contained bilingual class, uh, that they uh, are immersed in the school and have opportunities to learn English but share their own uh, culture. I think when uh, you know principals focus on that, uh, the you know the kids do everything that they can to shine and um, be a part. I also have to say that the uh, bilingual and ESL teachers, as a, a role, are uh, fabulous teachers. They're well prepared, but they are they also go above and beyond for this population. In the beginning, I could tell that those who were involved in the program were really interested in meeting the needs of the kids. Jay, thank you so much for just sharing your depth of knowledge and the wonderful historical context that you have and your, your understanding of administrators and what their role needs to be. I just really appreciate that you're willing to have this conversation with me today. It's been great talking with you. Well, thank you very much, Ken. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like more information about ESL and bilingual education in New Jersey, please visit our website at www.nj.gov forward slash education forward slash bilingual. If you like this episode, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Also, please leave a review. It helps new listeners find us. 